My name is Tim Minturn. I'm one of the pastors here in Taze Valley. And today we're wrapping up our message series on the other 316s. Uh, I get to share a message today on a topic that has not been spoken about in the 11 years of the history of River Ridge Church in Taze Valley. So today I'm going to be talking about the physical body. Uh, I think I was chosen for this message because of my imposing physique. Uh, maybe not, but uh, before we jump into the scriptures, though, I want to share a couple things that we have coming up in the next few weeks, a couple message series. Uh, next week, we're starting a new series called Won't You Be My Neighbor? Uh, Chad Cobb's going to teach this three-week series in the, month, the last three weeks of August, and he's going to share with us how we can invest in relationships with our neighbors and how we can live out the great commandment to love God and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so this is going to be a great uh, series. Looking forward to that for the next three weeks. Then in September, Andy Toole is going to kick off a brand new series called Elephant in the Room. Uh, you may remember several months ago we asked you to give us some questions and topics that you wanted to hear a message about. And so we've picked some of those and selected them and going to be presenting some things from God's Word about what he has to say about the topics that you wanted to hear about. And so looking forward to Elephant in the Room for the month of September. Uh, it's going to be a great message series that you can invite your neighbors and your friends to come and be a part of. Today's week 10 of the other 316s, and we've been talking about John 316. That's kind of our spring, springboard to what we're going to talk about. Let's just look at John 316 this morning. It says, For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And this is a great verse, uh, very well known. It goes into who God is, how Jesus came and, and sacrificed himself, how we can place our faith and trust in him and our belief in him, and then talks about eternity, all in one verse. So phenomenal verse. Uh, what we've done this summer, though, is we've went to some of the other 316s in Scripture that are not as well known. And so we've talked through those, and you've gotten to hear from some of our Charleston campus pastors who've come down and shared with us, and you've gotten to hear nine other messages on 316s of the Bible. If you missed any of those, uh, you can check it out at riverridge.org, so you can check it out online or through the River Ridge Church app and kind of get caught back up with some of the phenomenal messages on the other 316s. Now, I have three sons, uh, Jonathan, Caleb, and Ethan. And our middle son, Caleb, uh, when he wants to tell me something really important, he's got this new phrase that he uses, and it goes like this. Daddy, do you not know? And then he shares some profound comment with me. Okay. Not sure what it's going to be. You never know. But that's how he's been starting a lot of his sentences. And what he's telling me is, Daddy, pay attention. Daddy, perk your ears up. I want, I want you to pay attention to this. I want you to listen really well. And so I try to do that, despite don't know what the profound statement may be. Uh, Paul does something similar in the letter to the Corinthians. His tagline is this. It's, don't you realize? Don't you realize? And he uses it ten times in the book of 1 Corinthians. And our verse for today is going to uh, talk about that. And he really, what he's doing here is he's saying, I'm going to give you an indisputable statement. Don't you realize that? And then he lays it out. And so today our 316 comes out of 1 Corinthians, and this is the first time that Paul uses this phrase. Uh, so let's look at this verse this morning. I'm going to be using the New Living Translation, or the NLT, if you'd like to follow along in your Bible or on your devices. It's the NLT, uh, so that you can use the same text that I use. Here's 1 Corinthians 316. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God lives in you? Paul's telling the people in the church at Corinth here that together they are the temple of God. He's wanting them to understand that they, as a local church, 
are the temple. The Holy Spirit lives within that body, within that congregation as a church. And that's where Jesus, or where God dwells. And the Holy Spirit lives inside of them collectively. And this is very encouraging. And for us as a church, well, as a local church here, River Ridge Church in Taze Valley, the Spirit of God lives in us collectively as a church. He lives in us. And he dwells in us. And that's a great fact. And it's incredible to know that the Spirit lives in us. And there's a similar verse to this one, uh, one later on in 1 Corinthians. It's chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. And I want us to go there and spend a little bit more time in this passage because it speaks very much to us as an individual. And so let's look at these two verses, chapter 6, 19 and 20. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God you do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. In this passage, Paul begins with verse 19 with the same tagline. Don't you realize? And he's asking this and he's really saying, everybody listen up. Everybody take notice. I've got something I'm going to share with you. I've got a fact that you need to understand and you need to drill down on. And so what he says is he wants them to take notice that the body... The physical body, our flesh and blood, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so as we talk about our bodies today, again, this is the first time we've done a full message about this. But I want you to know why this is important. Uh, because sometimes we try to separate the spiritual from the physical and separate what's going on in our, our hearts and minds from what's going on in our bodies. But in reality, this is extremely important. And so here's what I want you to know about my heart for this matter today. Uh, my desire for you today is that you would walk out of here with one physical change that you need to make in your life. One. That you say, man, I'm going to take this and I'm going to put this into practice today. And I'm going to be all that God wants me to be. And so this is my goal for you today. Uh, when we talk about our bodies, we often think about what our bodies look like. We think about the body image that we have. Uh, the other thing that comes up oftentimes is we either feel something about our body. We may feel guilt because we haven't taken care of our body. Or we may feel pride because we have taken care of our body. And either way, it, it can be an extreme. And Andy Stanley has described it as we are either body neglectors or we are body worshipers. If we have neglected our body, we feel guilt and possibly even shame over the lack of attention that we have given our bodies. And if we have worshipped our bodies, we feel pride at the way that we've taken care of our bodies, but that we look so good. So most of us possibly have experienced, some of us at least have experienced both of these extremes in our lives. At some point in life, we haven't taken care of our body, and then we have. And so we've felt guilt or shame, or we've felt pride. And so either of these extremes is, is very difficult to deal with. So here's what I want you to feel today. I want you to feel confident today that you can make a change. I want you to feel confident that you can make a change today that's going to allow you to bring more glory to God through your physical body. Uh, for some of us, if we've experienced guilt, it may be that we need to change how we care for our body. Uh, for others of us, if we've experienced pride, it may need that we, mean that we need to change our attitude and how we've viewed our body and what we think about it. And so we need to know why we care for our bodies. Please know today there's, there's no condemnation. There's no judgment here. There's a lot of grace in this area because uh, all of us have had some time, at some point in time, where we've dealt with issues with our physical bodies. And so I want us today to be able to make some changes. Let's look back into 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 and break these verses down to understand why our body is important. Uh, we can see here that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
Paul here says this, and we need to understand what the Corinthians thought when they read this and went, oh, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. See, what happened is Paul's writing to this Corinthian church to try to straighten some things out, and they're thinking about different topics, and one of those is the way they viewed their body. And they viewed their body as a physical part, and the body was a dying body. But what they thought was the spiritual part of man, their spirit, as long as it was connected to God, it didn't matter what they did with their bodies. It didn't matter how they treated their bodies. As long as they had that spiritual connection, the physical body didn't matter. So Paul is writing to correct that thinking. And I know for us sometimes we can be so focused on things spiritually that we lose sight of the things that God talks about, how we need to care for our bodies physically. And so Paul, when he tells them that the body matters, it matters because it is a temple. And when the Corinthian church heard temple, they had a very easy reference point. In the church at Corinth, or in the city of Corinth, there was a temple. And this temple was a temple dedicated to the goddess Aphrodite. And so it was elaborate, and that is where people went to worship the deity Aphrodite. In the Old Testament, Solomon also built a temple, and his temple was dedicated to the worship of God. And it was elaborate, and it was golden, and it was gorgeous. But here Paul is talking about the part of the temple that was the inner sanctuary. The term here, or the word here he uses is naos. And it refers to the inner part of the temple known as the holy place or the, the holy of holies, the most holy place where God lived. So this word used to the inner sanctuary of the temple. It's where the glory of God lived. So Paul is saying, I don't know what you've been thinking about your body, uh, but here's what you need to think about your body. You need to understand that it's a temple and for those of us who have placed our faith in jesus christ the holy spirit has moved in he's taken up residence in our temple and that means that we house a deity god with all of his glory lives inside of you and so your body matters paul continues on in verses 19 and 20 and he says this you do not belong to yourself for god bought you with a high price Paul tells us here that the high price, the cost for our body, was purchased with the death of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. And when he died on the cross for our sins, it was because God wanted to be in relationship with us. And God wanted our bodies to be the inner sanctuary for his glory. And for that to happen, Jesus had to pay for our sins. He had to cleanse us. He had to make us new and bring us into a right relationship with God. Then we can be the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're sitting here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've never said, hey, I want to live for Jesus for the rest of my life, you can do that today. You can do it right now. You can ask Jesus to save you. And he will wash you clean and he will allow the Holy Spirit to come in and live inside of you and dwell in you and make you a new creature. If you do that today, I would love to talk with you. I'll be right down here at the front after the service and would love to have a deeper conversation with you about what Jesus does in your life. And so come talk to me. Paul then continues on in the end of verse 20, and he says this. So you must honor God with your body. Paul, as he continues on here, tells us why your body is important. And we're going to get into the how and the what here in a few minutes, but I want us to talk about why your body is important. But before I give you the why, I want to ask you to please do something for me. Okay? As I said a minute ago, I want your life to change today. 
And I want you to be able to walk out of here with something. So I'd ask, if you've got message notes or you want to get your app out or get your phone out, I'd like you to take some notes today. I'm going to be putting a lot of things up on the screen. That's unusual for me. I usually try to have some fill in the blanks and have something that's just real pointed down to one idea. But this morning, it's going to allow you to be very personal in how you want to apply this message. And so I'd like you to take your notes out. Write some things down. Like I said, I'm going to be putting a lot of things on the screen this morning. And I'd like you to be able to capture some of them. Capture what resonates with you. Make this very personal for you as an individual this morning. Because this passage is written to you as an individual, your body. Very personal. So I'd like you to be able to do that. And man, I really appreciate it. I think it'll help you when you walk away today to have something that sticks with you and that can help you to change. So here is why your body is important. Your body was created by God for God to honor God. Your body was created by God, and it was created for His glory, and it's created for His honor, so that we can use our bodies to honor God Almighty. God paid a high price for your body. He redeemed it so that you can honor Him with it. He's told us that your body's a temple of the Holy Spirit, and it needs to be cared for. For those who are body neglectors, it means we're going to have to pay attention to how we care for it. For those of us who are body worshipers, it means that we're going to have to pay attention to why we do what we do. What's our attitude behind it? But behind taking care of ourselves and keeping ourselves uh, physically fit. See, God's design was never for the temple to be worshipped. It was never for the body to be worshipped. God's design is for our bodies to show our worship to Him, not the other way around. We should never be the object of the worship. And so as people of God, we're here to worship Him physically through our body. Four years ago, I had a minor knee injury at work, and I didn't realize that I hadn't been taking care of my body until I went to physical therapy. And I went to physical therapy, and the, the PT had me start doing some leg exercises, and they were pretty minor with just very little weight. And I was like, man, my, my legs are really weak. And I was like, good night. I, I didn't realize how out of shape that I was. And so once I finally got released from PT, I went and joined a gym because I, I weighed more than I, ever, than I had ever weighed in my life. And I'm like, man, I've got to get a little bit of this weight off. Here was my motivation, though. At that time, I had two little boys at home, and I wanted to get in decent enough shape so that I could play with them. I wanted to maintain shape so that as, as they got a little bit older and a little bit more active, I could run with them, I could play with them, I could chase them, I could do things with them. That was my motivation. And it wasn't until recently that I realized that our motivation is to honor God with our body. And that changes the way we view things and how we care for our body. It's to honor Him with it. If you were to view your body through the lens of honoring God with it, what would have to change? Uh, what change would you make? What difference would need to be in place for you to honor God with your body and to view your body through that lens? So I want us to help us with this. I want us to look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And I want us to get some insight from this verse because Paul here, writing to the church in Rome, gives us some great details. He says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. So in Romans 12, 1 here, I've read this verse a bunch of times. I don't know how many times I've read it. But it really wasn't until this week that it hit me. That this verse is talking about giving your physical bodies to God and dedicating them to Him as a living sacrifice. And Paul here is pleading with his readers. Say, please give your bodies to God as an act of worship. As an act of worship to Him so that He gets the glory and He gets the honor by the way that you treat your body, by the way that you care for it. Sometimes we think that our life with God's all spiritual. 
and there's we just don't realize that there's a physical aspect to honoring God as well. See, we're holistic beings, right? Every part of us matters. And the physical affects the spiritual, and the spiritual affects the physical. And we can't separate our bodies from our spirits. We live as a person inside our body. And any limitation on our body limits our ability to worship God fully. And so we want to be able to recognize that the fewer limitations we have physically, the better we can worship God spiritually. And so when we think about this, our goal is to be fully who God made you to be. So remember, my desire for you today is to walk away as something that you can change, to make one physical change that will help you to be all that God wants you to be. This, the, the why is your body was created by God, for God, to honor God. So here's the how. How do we do this? The how is this. We give our bodies to God. We give our bodies to God, and we recognize that it's an act of worship. And we say, God, my body's yours, and I'm going to take care of it as you want me to take care of it. So what do we have to do to take care of our bodies? How do we truly worship God through our bodies? Well, here's what I did. I spent some time studying the Scriptures. Then I also talked to three experts in their field from River Ridge Church. One is a medical doctor, Rob Johnston. Uh, One is a nutritionist, Cheryl Rittinger. And one is a personal trainer, Rebecca Withrow. And so I talked to all three of these people because I wanted you to hear from some experts and not just from my personal opinions, okay? I'll share a few of my opinions with you, but then I'm also going to share some expert advice with you as well. So let's jump into these. Now, what I've got is I've got three tips from each of us. So that's 12 tips. I realize that's a lot, but again, write down what resonates with you, okay? And remember, this has been 11 years in the making, okay? So 12 tips isn't too bad over the course of 11 years, all right? So give me a little slack here. All right, a lot of the things you're going to hear this morning are reminders. But you know what? Most of life is being reminded of what we need to put into practice. It's not often new information that we don't know, but it's being reminded of what we already know and learning to put it into place and practice it and live it out. So this morning we've got 12 tips, so let's jump into these. Tip number one comes from Proverbs 23, 1 through 3. While dining with a ruler, pay attention to what is put before you. If you are a big eater, put a knife to your throat. Don't desire all the delicacies, for he might be trying to trick you. So here's tip number one for us. Tip number one is this. Be careful with your appetite. Be careful with your appetite. Uh, Folks, I'm just going to be real honest with you. The area of nutrition is one that I struggle with. Uh, I struggle with the most because I really like to eat and I have a large appetite. Okay, I I can eat a lot of food. and, And when I feed my cravings for unhealthy food... I want more unhealthy food, okay? That's what happens. Carrie Newhoff, a popular blogger, podcaster, speaker, uh, says this about the effects of our appetite. The reality, of course, is that eating more makes you crave more. If you do this enough times, your stomach will physically expand to accommodate more food, and you will become an overeater. At that point, you're eating far more than you used to, and still your cravings are never satisfied. That's a powerfully destructive combination. A friend of mine who's recently gotten into endurance training and endurance running, uh, I talked to him about food one time, and he said, you know what, I find that I've eaten so many fruits and vegetables now that I actually crave them. And I didn't think that was possible, but he says, man, I'm serious, I crave fruits and vegetables now. And I was like, wow, we can change our cravings. And that's good to know. Here's number two. Number two comes from 1 Timothy 4.8. Tip number two says, Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Now, this first part of the verse, physical training, if we could 
go back to it, please, real quick. Physical training is good, okay? Physical training is good. Sometimes we skip over that first part to get to the second part about godliness is much better. But here's the reality of it. Physical training is good, and, and the context there is it's good for a little while. Why? Because it is temporary, okay? It's only good while we're on this earth. But don't miss that part, right? It's good while we're on this earth. Physical training is important. So here's tip number two. Tip number two is have a goal in exercising. Have a goal in exercising. When you have a goal that you're going after, it keeps you motivated. It helps to keep you on track. Uh, this year, my personal goal was to get 16 workouts in every month. Okay, we just finished the seventh month of the year, and so far, only three of the months have I gotten 16 workouts in. However, two months I got 15 in, and the other two months I got 14 in. Now, I compare that to last year when I did not have a goal written down. I just wanted to get to the gym some. And I have blown away what I did last year in the first seven months. Why? Because there's a goal and it's written down. Sometimes I don't want to go to the gym, but I go just so I can meet my goal. I just want to put a check mark in the box. And so I go, okay, I went. That counts. All right? So there's something to having a goal. There's something to going after it. Uh, for some of you, you're runners, and you enjoy running. But you know what you need to do? You need to register for a race. You need to go and sign up for something so that you've got a date on the calendar. You say, I'm going. I'm training for this specific purpose. Uh, some of you enjoy weight training, and you need to say, what's my goal? What am I going after? Set that goal, write it down, and go get it. Uh, for some of you, you're, you enjoy just working out, and you say, I just need to set a goal for how many days a week I'm going to work out. Go get it. Write it down, though, because a written goal is much better than a goal that's lost up here in our brain. So write your goal down and go get it. Tip number three comes from Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28, and 29. Jesus said this. He said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. This is a very encouraging verse, and here's tip number three for us. Tip number three is this. Get a good night of sleep. Get a good night of sleep. Jesus wants us to find our rest in him. He wants us to be able to pause our lives and rest. And he wants to give it to us. It's essential to our bodies. It's essential to our minds being able to function effectively. There's a lot of research going on right now. And the need for eight hours of sleep every night, give or take an hour, is so essential. I continually hear seven to eight and eight to nine hours of sleep every night for every person. And I've heard it from numerous different sources. One sleep doctor says this. He says, sleep is the single most effective thing we can do to reset our brain and body health each day. There's something powerful about resetting our bodies during the night. When we go to sleep and we get a full night of sleep, how that resets our bodies, how it resets our minds to be effective. So we need to do whatever it takes for us to be able to get seven to nine hours of sleep every night and make it happen. These next three tips that I'm going to share with you come from Dr. Rob Johnson. And I'll, I'll start with his basic advice that he would give to a patient. He would say this, eat right, exercise, don't poison yourself with toxins, and go to the doctor. Okay, Pretty basic advice, probably things that we've heard before. However, he says there are numerous patients that he continually gives this advice to. Okay, So it's very vital to understanding. So here's tip number one. Tip number one that he says is go to the doctor. Go and get an annual checkup. Get a physical. Get the blood work that comes with it. Most insurances will pay for it. And the reason they'll pay for it is they want to take minor preventions today to prevent something major later on down the road. And it's very helpful for you that you can take care of something today so that down the road it's not ten times worse. 
The other thing about going to the doctor and having an annual physical is that it can help you to be able to get the family history out there to be able, so the doctor can know what's going on with your genetics, to know are there things that we need to look for and be on the watch for. So go to the doctor. That's tip number one. Tip number two is this. Pay attention to symptoms. Pay attention to symptoms. If you feel pain, there's a reason you feel pain. Your body is designed for you to go, oh, that hurts, what's going on? And sometimes we just overlook it, and we say, ah, it's nothing major, okay? One thing I would recognize, I'd recommend is if you're having symptoms, write down what you're experiencing and when you experience it. Keep track of it, because when you go to the doctor, he or she's going to want to know, when did this happen? How often does this happen? And if you don't know, you're very little benefit as an information source to help them figure out what's going on. So write it down. Keep track of it so that when you go, you can say, okay, I've got a list of what's happened, when it's happened, so that I understand a little bit and can help them to figure it out. Another area to pay attention to symptoms is in the area of mental health. If you're experiencing depression or you're experiencing anxiety, please go see your doctor. Please start there. You may need further help, but start there with your doctor. Uh, he or she can really help you. So don't ignore the symptoms. Don't deny what's going on and don't feel sorry for yourself. Take some action, go see the doctor and get some help. Number three, tip number three is this. Do the best with what you've got. Do the best with what you've got. Some people, despite taking care of themselves, have diseases that need treatment. Some people, despite doing everything you can, you suffer an injury. And you've got an injury that you can't overcome or you're in treatment for. And so we understand that. We understand that there's still going to be a physical battle. So the goal here is to have some ways to take care of yourself. Still do what you can do with what you've got. Uh, get enough sleep. Uh, he recommends getting three to four regular days of exercise per week. Uh, find something that you enjoy so that your exercise has some, some level of enjoyment to it. Uh, Dr. Johnson recommends counting calories for your diet uh, and having between 1,800 and 2,000 calories per day. Again, depending on your body size and a few other factors there. Regarding self-care for mental health, uh, he says that you need to have margin so that you can have some balance to your life and so that you can enjoy life and avoid burnout. So have some margin in your life. Our next three tips today come from Cheryl Riddinger, our nutritionist. Uh, here's her basic advice to a client. She says this, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. Uh, so what we put into our bodies is determining uh, who we are physically, and it determines how we are fueling ourselves each and every day. So here's tip number one from Cheryl. She says this, calories matter. Calories matter. You need to know how many calories you're putting into your body. And you need to know what those calories consist of. Uh, the goal would be to eat whole foods. And Cheryl says the best way to understand whole foods is this. The goal is to get closer to what God made. So as close as you can get to what God made and the way that he made this food, the better it is for you to eat it. And uh, when she talks about fruits and veggies, she said fresh fruits and veggies are best, then frozen, and then canned. So that's kind of the order if you're looking for vegetables. For meats like chicken and beef, buy them from the meat department and not from the frozen section. The meat department is going to be fresher. Uh, it's not going to have chemicals and a ton of stuff added to it, so buy it from the meat department. Uh, for lunch meats, if you want sandwiches, buy deli meats and have them sliced as compared to getting it off the shelf where they've got preservatives so that it lasts six months. Okay, it should make sense, right? All right, regarding hydration, uh, water is best for hydration. Cheryl says don't drink your calories. And you need a minimum of 8 ounces or 1 cup for every 20 pounds that you weigh. So 1 cup for every 20 ounces, and that's the minimum. Uh, recent study has come out that over 10% of people who go to the uh, ER and come into the ER are there because of dehydration. And they're there because they haven't taken in enough water. 
And so they give them a bag of fluids and they're all better and they send them home. Simply because they could have had a few more bottles of water and they'd have been okay. Okay, so you can avoid some things just by taking care of yourself and hydration is one that really matters. Here's tip number two. Tip number two is portions matter. Portions matter. When you go out to eat, most of the time the meal that you're served is at least two meals. Okay, when you go out to eat, it's at least two meals with the calories and everything that's in it. Um, and so we need to make sure that we're paying attention to the portions because sometimes you can overeat and you don't even realize you've, you've overeaten because you just eat what you're served, right? And it's there on your plate, so you eat it. So we need to understand that portions matter. Cheryl told me that recently she ordered fried rice from a local restaurant. She took it home and she measured it. And when she measured it, there were eight portions of rice in that one meal. Would have had no idea. Now, it sounds like a great value, of course, but uh, as far as the calories and what you're taking in, oh, my goodness. Uh, you say eight times as much as you needed uh, of rice. So we need to understand portions matter. It may involve a little bit of research just to figure out how many portions there are or what a portion size is. So you can find a ton of stuff on the Internet that you can find some resources that are reliable or compare multiple. Uh, talk to a nutritionist, okay? Go out and find somebody who can help you with this so that you understand what a portion is. Most things you buy in the store have a label on them, and they'll tell you, a serving is this, and here's what a serving contains. And so you can figure that out just by looking at the label. Very important that we have control over how much we are putting into our body. Tip number three is this. You can't out-exercise a bad diet. Uh, I, I love this one. Well, now really, I don't love this one, okay, but this is great advice. Okay, you can't out-exercise a bad diet. Uh, my recent philosophy has been that I exercise so that I can eat what I want to eat. Okay? Really bad philosophy, okay? I understand that. Uh, the trouble is I just haven't been paying close attention to what I've been eating and haven't been paying attention to the control that I need. Uh, you can burn a lot of calories when you go and work out, and you can burn a ton of calories, but what happens is if you put more calories back in than you just worked off, you're at a caloric deficit, so you worked out, but you actually ate more than you, than you lost by working out, and so you end up at a caloric deficit just because you didn't pay attention to what you ate. And so it's important to know how much you're eating how, and being able to recognize, hey, I'm trying to burn this off. Another thing that's helpful, if you just figure out, okay, this piece of pizza has X number of calories, how many minutes do I have to spend on a cardio machine to burn off this one piece of pizza? That may help you keep from eating so much pizza, just honestly. All right? Uh, the third person I talked to was a personal trainer. Her name's Rebecca Withrow, and here's some basic advice that she gives to her clients. You get out of it what you put into it. When it comes to working out, you're going to get the reward that is the equivalent of the effort that you put in. So you get the reward that's the equivalent of the effort that you put in. So here's tip number one from Rebecca. She says this, set a goal and make a plan to support it. Now, see what she said for her tip, similar to my first tip, uh, but, or one of my tips, but notice that she's a professional, so she's got the extra part to it. You need to have a plan that supports the goal. What necessary steps are there that are going to get you to your goal? So, things she said, it is important when you're setting your goal to know your limitations, know the obstacles that you're going to run up against so that you can have a realistic goal. So know those, understand those, and make your goal realistic about what are you able to accomplish during this time period. Once you reach that goal, set another goal. But, but understand the re realistic goal that you have. Your goal should be very personal because it's for you. It's not for anybody else. It's not to compare yourself to someone else, but it's what can you accomplish. So what do you need to do to challenge yourself? And, and what do you need to do that can motivate you to be a better version of yourself? Here's tip number two. 
Find balance. Find balance. If you work 60 to 70 hours in a week, if you have kids at home, if you work out of town a lot during the week or if you're gone a lot and out of town on the weekends, you need to understand that and be able to find the balance necessary to be able to have time to exercise. So find that balance. Uh, One thing that she said was, uh, sometimes you're not going to feel like working out, but you still need to work out and work out diligently. So it's overcoming what we feel to do what we need to do. So find balance. Uh, One way she said to make it through a difficult workout when you're struggling or when there's something difficult, uh, she said focus on something else besides the pain that you're feeling, okay? Besides what you're feeling from the effort that you're putting in. Uh, Rebecca tells people to plank for a purpose. Uh, Planks are a fairly difficult exercise, and usually they're for a a time period. So you set the timer, and you do a plank for this long. And she said what she's found, she tells people to plank for a purpose. So think of somebody that you can pray for that's going through a difficult time, pray for them while you're doing your plank. And it makes the time pass faster. It keeps you positive. It keeps you productive while you're doing that. The time passes faster, or at least it seems like it passes faster, right? And so you're able to pray for somebody, able to do something that's positive and productive while you're still working out. And so she said that really helps people to pass the time. Rebecca also teaches her clients that you can bend, but you can't break. So for example, if your goal is to work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and something comes up on your schedule and you miss a Wednesday workout. That's okay. But what it means is that you need to work out on Thursday then so that you have bent but not broken. So an example of that is still get the three workouts in, just do it on a different day. Here's tip number three. Tip number three is this. Celebrate your success but not with food. Mm, yeah, I know. Um, Celebrate those small wins. Uh, This gives you encouragement as you go, right? Exercising is best when you find joy in the process. And it's not easy, but it's worth it. So so find those small wins. Find those opportunities that you go, man, I'm I'm being successful, and encourage yourself in it. Last piece to this, if you're not experiencing success, ask for help, especially if you are new to this or you've had a life-altering circumstance come up or a life change, something's happened, ask for help. Go talk to a personal trainer and get some advice on what's a goal that you can accomplish, what's a plan that you can put into place so that you can be successful, so that you can achieve some wins in exercise. And talk to that personal trainer, get a plan, and go after it. Now, here's our application for today. Here's the application. Choose one healthy habit and begin it today. Choose one healthy habit and begin it today. Uh, This is why I asked you to write some things down at the beginning. I wanted you to to start writing some things down so that you've got a list to pick from. I wanted you to write things down that resonated with you. Now, what I'd like you to do is to look at your list. If you made a list, look at it. Pick one thing. I know for me, mine is you can't out-exercise a bad diet. That's the one that resonated with me, and that's why I'm going to put some things in place today uh, to help to make this change. What one thing are you going to change? Pick one, just one. And when you're successful at winning and accomplishing this one, then pick another one. Come back to it and pick another one until you've accomplished multiple things. But right now, focus in on one. Sometimes when it comes to our health and fitness, we tend to make jokes or we tend to make excuses about it. And we've all done it, right? I mean, I've told the jokes and I've heard the jokes about physical fitness. And I don't think that they're helpful in actually helping us to accomplish the goal. See, God's desire for us is to honor Him with our bodies. And I want you to experience a change starting today. So right now, if you haven't done it, circle one thing. 
Circle that one thing, star it, underline it, mark it down. What one thing are you going to change today so that you can honor God with your body? That's what he desires from us. Let's pray this morning. God, thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for giving us the opportunity, God, to to live, to be a physical being, God, that we have the opportunity to honor you with our body. And God, I pray that we would take action today, that we'd find what you're speaking to us and how you want us to make a change so that physically, God, we can honor you with who you want us to be. God, thanks for loving us. Thanks for providing for us each and every day. Uh, We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Thank you for being here. Please make plans to come back next week for Won't You Be My Neighbor. Have a great week.